This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's when the time. Hello, Joe. How are you? Hello, Rich. Not too bad. How are you? A jaunty start. And why not? After our last pod was... <laughs> it was a good venting session. I thoroughly enjoyed Tyler. Um, and it felt like the whole fan base, well, whole asterisks to a lot of the fan base, had a good vent this weekend. It was, it was, I mean, it couldn't be a lot more of a dour start than that one. It was, I think, a, a, a largely fair venting session. I don't think there was loads of room for positivity after what we all had to witness at the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't helped by the fact that I didn't see the game i made a very last minute judgment call on medical grounds and very selfish to to be relieved not to avoid another five nil victory for swindon but i was begging to be annoyed on saturday night for the right reasons yeah when i saw that you'd sort of uh been called away from it i was like okay we might have to do something here but um not quite the case <laughs> i had to endure the rail replacement buses that you you were spared of and uh but for absolutely no um, no vindication whatsoever, because it was just terrible. Yeah, they, they weren't doing anything like giving away free money and stuff on those buses, were they? Because no, they're not be gutted. Yeah, not not quite. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that, that might have just about saved the day, but my pockets were not lined after getting off. Yeah, and, and final question on this, because this was the deal breaker for me going other than, you know, I've, I've, I've defied medical science before by risking everything to go to football matches. I, I need to know, was it a slick operation from bus station to Baspa? 
Yeah, it was it was it was ah. pretty good. I would say there was you know we were pretty on and off fairly quickly. There was there was no major hiccups. Yeah, that was the dice roll. I I thought that might have been a mess too, and then I wouldn't get home to like ten o'clock or something. So oh well, never mind. So we didn't really talk about the Doncaster game that much. Uh, in Tyler's words, because there was not really much to talk about. But I want your final word on it. What was the experience like through your eyes? Um, it, there was positives and negatives with the game. Positives, I was all wrapped up after 73 minutes and could actually watch the end of the game. Uh, negatives, everything that happened on the pitch. Um, it was It was just so passive and negative, and it was just all the worst aspects of this season and you know it was it was, i feel like the reaction was somewhat overblown with what it ended up turning into but i mean there's there's no i mean actually Jody Morris kind of did but there's no trying to save the performance in and of itself yeah okay well i'd forgot about this game when i was talking about the <laughs> the doncaster one on the weekend i was all bracing myself for salford but no a St. Valentine's Day treat for everyone. Sutton away. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know many people going to this. Are you going? Uh, I'm not going. I, I do know that um, my brother is going, but I've decided I, I absolutely did not want to go to this one. Okay. Yeah. That has been the pretty much the rhetoric across the board from everyone I know who usually goes to away games, but never mind. Before we get going on, on Sutton, there were a few questions in this presser about the Doncaster game. So let's get straight in on that. What did Jody Morris say about Doncaster uh, and that terrible loss? Yeah, there was, I mean, his kind of, his reaction was somewhat mixed in terms of obviously being, you know, largely very disappointed with, with, every, with the way the game happened, but he kept trying to, in a sort of Lindsay type way. So, so, I mean, there were, there were bits of the game where we were on top and we're doing these various things quite well. So, I've told the players this and uh, shown them their footage back. And obviously, as a manager, he has to go to that place. But it was there was more positive words said about it than than I would have personally liked because um, you know there there was not many saving graces. Obviously, from his perspective, he is starting to see some some aspects of his game plan getting brought in. Then that then that's a positive sign on his end. But there wasn't a lot of it being translated into the actual output that we saw. He's got to do that though, hasn't he? Because players are listening, they're reading, they're watching. And if you dig them out after two games, which is a very easy thing to do given the last two performances, it it can have a detrimental impact. Now there'll be a lot of listeners going, well, that was way of the world. I mean, Andy King wouldn't hesitate to, to critique his players back in the day. And I'm sure there are many other examples, but Football nowadays, it doesn't... Well, football nowadays sounds gross, doesn't it? But it, it doesn't feel like the right thing to do right now. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any need for Jody Morris from his end to you know, be incredibly negative. Yeah, he obviously has to focus on the positive bits. He's two games into his tenure here and indeed his career in first-team management in total. So, so I completely understand where he's coming from. Um, I, I didn't... He's sort of talking about the various aspects in terms of... His, moving the ball better in the second half, which I just kind of don't believe is true. Although you know, it was it was possibly even worse in the first half. So maybe, maybe there is there is something in that in terms of it went from absolutely diabolical to just underneath terrible. 
Um, so he, you, you completely accept where he's coming from and the way he's got managers and players. And we talk about this a lot because they say similar things, what they have to say. It's just when you are sitting there still fuming a little bit, um, you're not really thinking, uh, no, no, I, I completely understand this analytic approach right now. I, I get what I get what you're saying. I, I'm just just wasn't wanting to hear it. And the big call is for patience. Yeah, is I mean, this is always going to be there. It's it's game two. Um, it talks about in terms of you often get that new manager bounce when you haven't got anything close to that um, as yet. But uh, obviously, there's the point of the sending off again in that first game and. Um, there seemed to be a bigger influence, um, you know, uh, impact being placed upon the fact that there are players out at the moment. Where you know a couple of players like Lavinia and Khan, he was seemed to be really missing and saying that's sort of a big part of what he wanted to be doing and not being able to use them is is really not helping in terms of him getting that. So he's you know saying even if they haven't got the 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 bounce of him coming in straight away, then he's sort of he is called for a little bit of time to to be able to work on the positives he has seen and fill in the rather large gaps elsewhere. Yes, fingers crossed uh, the injury situation, which we'll discuss in a little bit more depth uh, a bit later on, improves ASAP. Lazy, bored, he's given up. Those are several things that I was thinking when I was looking at your blog this afternoon. And then I listened to the press conference and then I realised there wasn't much you could type because large parts of this press conference was embargoed until 5pm. So, yes, sorry. Yeah, for those who thought, why is it taking a bit long, like a long time for it to start? It's because we started with questions about George McEachran. So um, that that bit wasn't, obviously I couldn't include that. And Dave Rickston was said, said right over my left shoulder. So... Obviously, I couldn't write anything he was writing about. He was saying about him, um, and so there was the larger gaps were largely McEachran based. In case, um, in case that hasn't become clear to anyone at this point, <laughs> yes, George McEachran has signed for Swindon Town. A former Chelsea youth player spent a long time in the Chelsea setup, including some time with Jody Morris. He spent little loan spells out in the Netherlands with Camber and MVV. And, I mean, in terms of his youth pedigree, his CV alone is very impressive. He won the FIFA Under-17 World Cup in 2017 at that time where England youth just seemed to be incredible. And George McEachran wasn't just filler. He played most games and he played 87 minutes of the final. I think he only missed one and that was after they'd already qualified for the group stage, but he played in all the other games against teams like Brazil, the USA, um, Mexico, Chile, and of course that final against Spain. He was also on the bench for the 2019 Europa League final, which is a a lovely treat. I don't think he was ever (laughs) fancying his chances of coming on, but Joe, a medal's a medal. He's played for England from under-16 to under-19. But he hasn't played football since November 2021. And that was his final games for Chelsea in the Papa John's Trophy. Uh, So he hasn't played since a 1-1 draw at Forest Green Rovers, which is a long old time in football. But that didn't seem to concern Jody Morris, did it? So, So... 
try and remember everything that was said about George McEachran. <laughs> yeah, I've had there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of George McEachran stuff and for obvious reasons. It's we we only spoke to Jody Morris two days ago, so there's going to be stuff on the new on the new boy. Um, I mean, he was very impressed the the fact that he's not really played football in in that long. He left Chelsea last year, um, so obviously, he's, although having subsequently spoken to George McEachran after this press conference, um, he has still been training with them. So, um, but he's obviously um, apparently when um, Morris came in and Brand was following him in, it's sort of Brand immediately received. <laughs> A text off McKechnie and was like, "Can I come in and train with you guys?" And and apparently he's he's impressed thoroughly. He's already one of the fittest players in the um, in the team on what he's shown so far. Which I don't know if is a, a positive thing about McKechnie or a damning indictment of where the fitness levels were of the other players. Um, and supposedly, right after his first session, there was a lot of a lot of quite awe awestruck remarks from various other players in the squad. It was like. Who's this guy uh, who's, who's come into the sessions and sound like it was really lighting it up? Um, there was obviously discussion in terms of Morris not being quite having been away from coaching McEachran. because he was coached un, in that under eighteen side, and then he, he went away with Derby and has done a lot of other stuff. So he hasn't seen the intervening period and why his career hasn't gone the way of various other players, in particular that England under seventeen team that included Phil Foden. Callum Hudson-Odoi, Jaden Sancho, and all the rest of those guys. And his his career is is descended to one where he's been without a club for quite some time and um, didn't get offered a contract after being on trial with Shamrock Rovers. So he's not totally sure why that transpired because he wasn't there. But he's um, his he's he spoke a lot about McEachran being really motivated to get back into where he he properly should be as a player and. That sounds like it's quite good news for Swindon, and of course, um, is a similar position to where Mandela Egbo would have been at a similar stage last season for us. A fair point indeed, and those with better memories than others will remember that George McEachran was actually on trial at Swindon in the summer of 2021, played in the Peterborough game from memory, uh, but was unsuccessful. And I remember there being some mild excitement for him then, because obviously he's a part of the the Chelsea youth machine but nothing happened and I, I read out a whole bunch of youth achievements and stuff that players do just before they hit their 20s and they they achieve so much early on and it doesn't always result in in international stardom does it because you know I'm looking at the the squad for that under 17s and you know George McEachran starts alongside Phil Foden and yeah, on the bench, there's players that didn't get on, like Jaden Sancho and Emil Smith Rowe. But then you have players that haven't kicked on in the same team, and that that's that's very much par for the course of of youth football, even at the elite level. Yeah, that really happens. I think I don't know if anyone read it a little while ago. I think it was on the BBC. It was a story with the guy who came on as sub at the same time as Marcus Rashford in his first game for Manchester United, and he was playing in the Slovakian league or something like that. So. These these players, never, no one ever really knows how someone's going to develop. And McEachran so far has been one of the players who had such a glittering youth career and has really not kicked on whatsoever, really. Um, it just happens a lot. It's opportunity, it's mentality, it's 
a whole spectrum of things that that mean that a player doesn't come through. And from our perspective, we're probably hoping it's more opportunity based than anything else that Maquette can come in and have a, a pretty quick impact. Yeah, a big example is the number one from though that World Cup, Curtis Anderson, who was the Manchester City youth goalkeeper. He now plays for Lancaster City, who play in the Northern Premier League. So. It's not a given that they go all, all the way in professional football, but to have this second chance, and I think it is a second chance for McEachran in the pro game at League Two is a good opportunity for him, one that he needs to take with both hands. Yeah, because he's, he's never played English League football before. His, his two loans whilst at Chelsea were in Dutch football. So, I mean, at this point, he's, he's got to be thinking kind of now or never at 22. You've You've had it so long without being able to get a club for whatever reason. Um, and you've got all this promise, a manager who, who clearly believes in you because he worked with you back when you were tipped for stardom. And him and the assistant were both there. So there couldn't really be a more perfect environment for him to step up and, and show that he's more George McEachran than Zach McEachran or Josh McEachran even. Do you think he sat next to Gonzalo Higuain at the Europa League final and went, I wonder if one of us are going to get on? Neither of them did, but (laughs) hey, he's in with the big crowd at the end. So yeah, I mean, that would have been a huge moment. Him and Colin Gallagher were essentially the youth options there. And I think the goalkeeper, Jamie Cumming, that's that's always a nice touch when when they can take a couple of youth players. I don't know if they have to. I don't know the rules on that in that respect. Yeah, it, it always seems like they get bigger benches. Obviously, we had Matt Smith, who won the FA Cup of Arsenal for a similar reason. I remember when Chelsea won the Champions League the first time around, um, Jamal Blackman, who I believe is now at Exeter, he was, I remember him running around the pitch after, the end, after they won it, um, wearing his kind of full kitted, even though he'd not played at all, but he'd been on the bench that day as well. So it's it's a nice experience and it gave quite an easy social sell for me for posting out that we signed him because he was World Cup and Europa League winner, Jack McEachran signs for Swindon. Yeah, that hasn't gone unnoticed. Pure club call stuff from the Teletech CFAX years uh, (laughs) from from yourself there. Um, And you're far too young to know what you're doing in that respect, surely. Yeah, I mean, the the headline was nearly World Cup winner as well. So I was just about (laughs) refrained from that one. But it's it's how you get that clicks and engagement. It's how it works these days. Indeed. When when can we expect to see George McEachran? The impression was that probably not too long. Well, um, the the question was asked by Andrew afterwards is, was he going to be in the squad just for his own... Um, personal knowledge and that that question was not answered with a yes or a no um it seems like he would be available for us as, as quick as possible um i think there's the potential for him to be on the bench tomorrow and I, I would be very surprised if he wasn't involved at the weekend against salford certainly so i think we'll get to see him pretty soon well here's hoping it goes well it's just funny in the summer these trial players oh no they need time they need time this guy hasn't played senior football since November 2021. No, he's, yeah, he's good to go. Yeah, he's good. He's all right. He must be looking after himself. Well done him. Yeah, I mean, I was speaking to Masters, it seems like he has been doing quite, quite a lot. And Jody Morris, as I said, was very impressed with his, his fitness levels for someone who hasn't played in quite such a long time. So clearly whatever his personal fitness regimen was, it's, it's worked out. 
Well, good luck. And here's hoping it's a belter of a signing. Let's move on to the game against Sutton. I was doing a pod for the Sutton chaps and I kind of said this was as good a time to play Swindon as any because they've never beaten town, not in the three league attempts and also one FA Cup game in the 1980s. Um, But they're doing all right. Their form is a bit better than Swindon's at the moment. They've only lost a couple of games in the last 10 or so. They've drawn their last two, a credible nil-nil draw against Stevenage at home. And then on Saturday, they drew 2-2 at Hartlepool United, but they'll be somewhat frustrated because they were 2-0 up and then conceded two goals just before halftime. Not helped by the fact that Craig Eastman was sent off. So, where do we want to start? Well, let's first of all start with what Jody Morris had to say about the game against Sutton. Yeah, it was. I mean, he kind of more answered, "Isn't Sutton a quaint little place?" Um, in, in terms of question, rather what we can expect from Sutton. Well, I don't think anyone needs too much reminding of exactly how they play. But um, he's, he lives fairly close to Sutton, so at least at least he will have a big commute backwards after the, after the game. Um, it's it's just like I mean I've played there a few times. It's it's quite cramped, but it should be it should be good fun. He was generally generally quite happy with the the non league ethos, but this was I guess he kind of more answered the um, are you are you going to be ready for the conditions more than are you ready for the play style? Last time we played them, it was three two, and it was actually one of the the better games or the most entertaining games at the county ground this season. I thought it was a, it was a good one where. Will Randall threatened to annoy us, but then a last gas winner. Uh, I think it was Wakeling, wasn't it? Uh, it was. It was a good one. Yeah, that one was um, friend of Swindon Town, Lewis Ward, his um, giving back present uh, that game. <laughs> Will Randall, the other ex Swindon player, seemed dead set on on taking points off us, and Lewis Ward was thanking us very much for the opportunity that day. But it was it was definitely one of the more hectic games of the Scott Lindsay era. Yeah, in the transfer window, they signed Lee Angle from Bradford and Hisham Kasamu from Farnborough, along with loan signings, uh, David Ajaboy, who's returned to the club on loan from Peterborough, Matt Dennis from Milton Keynes-Dons, and Tyler Dickinson from Wickham on loan. Leaving them has been Aaron Pierre, the experienced centre-back. He's gone to Wimbledon. But the big news was, of course, as far as Swindon were concerned, if, if indeed you can call it big news, was that Lewis Ward was surprisingly released considering they paid money for him. And then he was due to come back to Swindon, but that hasn't happened yet. And he's that hasn't been sorted. And we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. But who isn't going to be available? Who's injured, who's suspended and what's not? Well, the list is still, um, we're one, one in, one out in terms of who's available. Sadio Khan back from suspension, but um, Hepburn Murphy still suspended Tomlinson Shade Lavinia all not going to be playing in this game and then the one out is Johnny Williams who's got a concussion as we may remember from Kieran Brennan earlier in the season this is going to be quite a frustrating process over possibly the next couple of weeks as he tries to get back in it sounds like he was he was not doing great over the weekend He's, um, Morris said that he take got a big hit to the head and they had to take him off immediately obviously and um, he wasn't feeling great afterwards. He was quite groggy the evening and then the next day when Morris spoke to him and they he said we instantly knew he wasn't going to be available and we're, we're taking him day by day, assessing him. But 
Williams is probably going to be two to three weeks, I would expect, in for concussion protocol. No, that's not what we wanted to hear. And obviously there were more probing questions on Johnny Williams, given the importance of his contribution so far this season. Yeah, he was... You know, he said oh, Williams is still Swindon's top scorer, so losing that player is always going to be difficult. And he said Williams is basically the only attacking player that showed any brightness and and any real signs of of promise during the the Doncaster game, which I think I would go along with. He was probably the only one who who showed that out of the attacking quartet, and and he's just just being part of that larger problem of not really having the right players on the pitch at the time. Um, you know, he loses it as a as a time to wax lyrical outside Ukan and then Ma, and then Lavinia as well and Lavinia and RHM and Shade as well, both not being available. So, you know, with those three out at this point, it's quite a lot of attacking options being taken away from Swindon, which given I think we're probably at this point lightest in the forward areas is really not ideal. How many games is Hepburn Murphy suspended for? Oh, uh, Hepburn Murphy, this will be his second suspension, so it'll be three, won't it? Because it was Straight red, violent conduct. Yeah, but Khan is back. Yeah, Khan is back for this one. He was he had obviously second yellow, but then he'd already been sent off, so it was a two game suspension. That's right. And as you said, there he did wax lyrical about Sadu Khan. Yeah, he was really impressed with Khan. He said even before he took the job, he was the best player he'd on the pitch in the two games he'd watched live, and then also the games he'd gone back and watched. He'd been really impressed with the way Khan played and how what an all rounder he was as a player. And even in, in the same in training when obviously he's not available, but he's still involved in all of that. And he's he's just in the way that he can impact everything. And he's, he's just really positive on Khan and feels like he can be a really pivotal player in this side. And if he can stop getting the silly red cards, which was brought up as being the sort of detractor, it, 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 was, it felt like having Khan back. And he, he has actually mentioned this in previous ones in passing more than anything that, Khan is going to be really central to what Jody Morris wants to do. Interesting, because he he strikes me as a one in five sort of player, Khan. When he's good, he looks like one of the best in the division, but it just doesn't happen enough. Yeah, I feel like his decision making is really hit and miss personally for when he's he played. I think when he was made to be at the base of midfield quite a lot by Scott Lindsay, it really didn't suit him because he his decisions really mattered in that position. So one week he would be getting them all right when to dribble, when not to, when to pass, when not to. And he would be getting, and we, he would play unbelievably as he did against Grimsby. But then a lot of the time he was sort of just getting caught on the ball too often. And if if Morris can coach that out of him, it would be really key. But yeah, I mean, if I was a league club, one club, someone who'd, who'd played the way Khan had played, he wouldn't have been someone I would have been looking at during January. Hopefully, I mean, potentially not hopefully in terms of selling him, but hopefully for the rest of the season. He can he can prove that he is of that level, and then and then we'll see what happens in the summer. How are you feeling going into this game? I don't want your prediction just yet. We'll, we'll deal with that in a few moments. But a lot of people I'm talking to, which isn't thousands, hundreds, it's, it's you know tens, <laughs> very low tens at that. But everyone's a little bit, which makes me feel more confident than anything. But with the injuries and suspensions. It's very hard to feel too confident. But how are you feeling? Yeah, my League 2 logic is generally, it has been with every other team, that if they're, if a team's on a bad run, then it probably is not going to last that much longer. And so you're probably going to get a good result. 
And so from that perspective, we, we should be looking good against Sutton, but I've also <laughs> not seen anything across 180 minutes of Jody Morris to make me believe that there's going to be a, a huge jump forward across two days when we play a team who are just ultra-physical and, and could really get in our faces at Gander Green Lane. My choice not to go to this game was made before Doncaster and was, was definitely vindicated by that. I mean, I, I can't go in saying I feel good because 100% don't, but maybe it's that, that smidgen of comfort where you're thinking, yeah, but we're playing badly, which means we won't always play badly and we might play well at one point and actually get a win. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point. Right, we're almost finished. Nice, quick pod, but something that's been dragging on for too long... No idea why, but it doesn't take this long traditionally anywhere. Ed Brand, assistant head coach, one day, maybe. What's going on? Yeah, I've we you've got no idea, I've got no idea, Jody Morris has got no idea. Um the suggestion that I heard sort of outside of a press conference that we have moved closer, I don't know what that means and why we needed to move closer anyway. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Morris was saying that he thought that it was going to get done today, but by that point, it was seeming that in that point that we spoke to him, it seemed unlikely, and it's it just keeps going on and on and on, and it's not really making any sense why that would ever be the case with appointing an assistant manager. No one seems to know. No one's no one's come up with a specific reason that it's not happened. We just kind of have to wait, and it's getting quite confusing. And the EFL approval line is faded into the distance because I don't think anyone was buying that. No, EFL, I mean, EFL approval is pretty much just dotting I's and crossing T's, right? Generally speaking, you announce someone with subject to EFL approval, they do it every time. So it's it's not that, it's some other thing in the system that's holding up. I mean, I, I, I just... It, it's just so puzzling why that why it would it would ever take this long. It doesn't. I mean, it took long enough for for the Morris thing in the first place, and in I mean, in many ways, it took it took long enough for the Scott Lindsay thing to go through. That took a full week before anything was fully confirmed. <laughs> after he clearly walked before then. So, yeah. but but what is it? It must be about three weeks now on Ed Brand since he must have been about to be confirmed. It just. Ugh. I would like to not have to ask that question soon. And that's three weeks from when we've known about it. Exactly. I mean, presumably the, it was in the it was in the work at least a few days before we would have known to to get to the point where it was happening. So it's it doesn't make any sense. Do you think we're at the stage where we need to ask George McEachran what he did to to get to the club so quickly <laughs> and get approval? Because he just phoned up, said, "Can I play?" God, yes, and now he's had a shirt unveil so so he's done it right <laughs> i mean brand must be fuming because he's still having to wait but the guy that asked him can i join <laughs> can i play please um has managed to get in ahead of him so yeah yeah i mean so, someone's got to work around just just not brand well there's going to be more brand talk now as we enter the joe zone so let's have a listen um, on ed brand obviously as it drags on do you start to think like get a backup plan what if this doesn't happen uh, no, well, they have actually, they've kind of said this, it'll be fine. Like, But everyone keeps saying it'll be fine and then just not doing maybe what's required. Now, I, and by the way, I'm not sitting here. That could be aimed at different people as well. It's not just one. Like, I think everyone needs to have a look at 
their role in what should be getting us over the line without going into names or clubs or leagues. But um, yeah, I felt this, this could have been done ages ago and should have been done if the focus was, or the right amount of focus was put on it and things get getting done when they should have been done. Yeah, and then in more bureaucratic nonsense, um, bi-weekly Lewis Ward question, is he, are there still issues with that? Where are you on that? Yeah, again, I think there's some form of a, an issue with reasons why he left his last club and does it constitute and um, is it fair for him to just leave and then walk into another club, basically? I, I don't know. But as, as I said, it's another one that I... Tell it to me in black and white. I, I think it's nonsense, but obviously I don't know kind of what's gone on previous and reasons why and that. But I think the relevant people that could maybe help with that are trying to help with it. And whether it gets done or not is yeah. And then heading into your third game, are you feeling maybe a little bit under pressure already? Obviously not for your job or anything, but with the fans going quite negative quite quickly and trying to keep yourselves in the playoff promotion fight do you feel like it's almost make or break even on, even in game three uh, yeah no I haven't I don't feel like that at all I'm like I'm I'm thick skinned enough I've been in football long enough to know that things change quickly things can get really good quickly or can can get really bad quickly at, at the moment um, all I'd say is that players are trying to improve I'm trying to improve um, we're trying to get the results in um, as I said Saturday, if if fans feel that they want to be negative, that's that's entirely up to them. Um, it's their right, it's their club. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just fully focused on. Of course, I'd like to be winning games and um, pleasing the fans a lot more than we have done in the first two games. But yeah, I'm not looking at anything outside of trying to improve the team and trying to get results. If if we do that, I think the fans would be all right. At the moment, we ain't done it, so I kind of get it. So, thanks, Joe. Yeah, Joe, apology number two. I usually like to stick a very jovial boot in when you say, I don't know, and I, and I say, isn't that your job as a journalist? And you awkwardly laugh it off and we continue. But I really enjoy these questions and I really enjoy these answers. So nicely done, because I think it is absolutely crucial for journalists to ask, is there a backup plan? Because if this is taking three weeks, is there a chance that this isn't going to happen at all? Now, in in the nature of these sort of pods, things could be rectified within minutes, hours of us recording or days. But it's a fair question to ask. And I'm glad you asked it. And I was a little bit like, ooh, with the answer that Morris gave, because he kind of went, well, there's, there's no reason to. He kind of implied there's no reason to because I'm told it's going to happen. But three weeks yeah I mean if I was in this position I would at least have sort of maybe put out some feelers obviously you're expecting it to be brand and that that can change whenever but at a certain point if would you not be in a position where you're starting to think maybe what I'm being told isn't the truth and and you would have to start thinking who else could it be because he will need an assistant manager yeah and and it's a kind of in, in my head, and I know there are head coaches and managers out there that will work with who they're given. Richie Wellens was given Noel Hunt. It worked splendidly well. But when you're Jody Morrison, you kind of probably thought that your 
managerial career could have started a bit higher up than League Two, having your preferred right-hand man is absolutely crucial. So he did sound very frustrated. Yeah, you could tell the exasperation, especially having been asked about it twice um, in the space of a few minutes. But um, yeah, he's he, you could tell he's frustrated. And we were told the sort of delay in between knowing that it was going to be Morris and Morris being announced was because was because of his assistant in the first place. So the the fact that they've it, it's still gone on and he's clearly accepted the job. If that was the hold up that he was absolutely wanted Ed Brand to be his number two, and then felt sure enough to to take it before that was fully confirmed, then then there was some obvious cause of frustration. And but as I say, I feel like he should maybe have thought about what happens next or what happens if this doesn't happen because it it does feel a little bit like it might not. Yeah, I, I think it will happen. But I absolutely would like them to have a backup plan just in case. Um, but let's hope that is the that is what's going on behind the scenes. Lewis Ward was the other bit, which was really interesting because, again, this one was a bit more shrug of the shoulders, really. Like, uh, I don't know what's going on. In all fairness, this does sound like an admin error from the Sutton side. Yeah, for what we know about it, it's, it's on the Sutton end where... They agreed a termination and then when Lewis Ward came back to Swindon, they were like, wait, no, we should have put this in. Um, can we have a quick redo? That sounds like what's happened. And the fact that we're going up there means that hopefully someone can corner whoever the key decision maker is on their end and be like, lads, let's not. Um, um, but yeah, there's it, it's another situation that just doesn't make loads of sense and is is clearly mounting up on on Jody Morris's what, what what is going on at this club. Is there not a red flag on Lewis Ward anyway? He's left Swindon because the stipulations of the loan that meant Sol Bryn plays every game. I know Scott Lindsay denied that, but when your backup keeper wants to leave because he doesn't feel that there's a there's an in other than those cup games. And now he's joined Sutton for money and he's been allowed to just walk for free. Is that not a red flag? I mean my perspective of it would be that maybe the Sutton experience made him think that he's not as good as he thought he was and now he's willing to be the backup again because obviously he's not coming in to play ahead of Sol Brin because no goalkeeper in this league could play ahead of Sol Brin in terms of his actual ability. So maybe it humbled him a little bit and, and it's turned out to be one of, one of two, I would say, absolutely genius bits of business from Sandro Di Michele in terms of getting money for a guy and then getting him straight back again. I mean, it's it's brilliant, really, from our end. It's a bit confusing on wards and even more puzzling on Sutton's, given that they had a lot of goalkeepers before signing him in the first place and then paid money for a guy and then released him. So it never made sense on their end. I, I, get, I, I just think on ward, it must be that he sort of kept, thought mid-season, maybe he's just not going to be a number one. And he was happy enough at Swindon and thinks he can just settle in, is happy to play back up until the end of the season and then hopefully try again in the summer. Yeah, big Swindon, Monty Burns vibes, come crawling back, eh? As he uh, as he makes his way through the cat flap um, and into, into the Swindon Town team once again at some point, maybe. Who knows? Okay, and then finally, do you think, do you think there is pressure on Jody Morris 
at the moment. Given that, I don't know, have we lost three league games on the bounce this season? I don't think we have. I think we've only lost back-to-back league games once uh, earlier in the season, Crew and Crawley. So losing to Sutton and then having potential problems at Salford before Harrogate at home, which would suddenly become a high-pressure game, which shouldn't be, but it will be. And then it's Orient and Carlo and oh, it just becomes tricky when it feels like it shouldn't be this way. Do you think there's pressure on Jody Morris? I, I don't think there's actual pressure, but this kind of... I know I haven't quite completed the research, but I've now gone back as far as Dennis Wise and found that no Swindon manager, and by it being Dennis Wise, no Swindon manager since I've supported the club has lost their first three league matches in charge. So the fact that Morris could quite easily, can quite conceivably do that tomorrow is, I mean, just from a sort of, aren't we supposed to be getting in the playoffs and you're this sort of really high calibre coach figure? It's really not a good place, it's really not a good place to be, given that I think Morris Malpass got two wins and a draw in his first three. Courtesy of Nottingham Forest, two own goals. Thank you very much. Yeah, very, very unusual way to, to start your career. We're 10th. If we lose against Sutton, who are in 13th, they leapfrog us. A lot of teams around us are very close. I, mean, I think Walsall in 15th are only three points behind us and have a better goal difference. This could get ugly, but is this arrogant Swindon fan talking that, that is holding the club back <laughs> as, as we embrace another League Two season, potentially. This isn't what we're told should be happening. Yeah, I mean, it feels like we should be higher up. And I know everyone sort of dove on the players not being good enough but um, at the weekend and that being the recruitment problem. But the same players have been sort of in and around the playoffs of a different manager that we didn't think was good enough in Scott Lindsay. So, I mean who wasn't good enough, I guess, at this point. Because if the, these players are, are were not doing well enough by being in sort of fifth to ninth, then if they're even falling even further down the table under someone else, then, then was Lindsay actually doing a good job and we didn't know it? it? It just seems like a... It was delicate. Our position in the playoff places was delicate when Lindsay was finishing at Swindon. It was one of those, we were in one of those situations where if results went against us, we would drop three or four places, but it didn't happen when we drop points. People around us tend to drop points. And now we're beginning to see the opposite where we drop points and the teams around us are beginning to get their wins in. And that's why we're beginning to fall steadily down the table. Uh, it's not going to be as forgiving as it was. And I do, I think if you look back at Lindsay's final few games, that the clubs around us are on very we're not we're, there's not daylight between us and the teams below I, I i don't really want to get into the was lindsay doing a great job because it doesn't really matter does it but this was on the cards this sort of level of drop it's just happening at the worst time because other teams are beginning to get their run in yeah but i, I think we do need to put in perspective that we were on a largely very similar run at this point last season and we sort of saved ourselves in the six games at the end of the season where, you know, what had been not a particularly good season became an absolutely unbelievable one. So, I mean, we could easily do that again if Jody Morris gets his plan across and 
we start playing like he, he says that we're supposed to be playing. So, you know, I, I don't think it's all quite lost yet, but you know, if we could see a if we could see a bit of improvement, that would be quite nice. Yeah, I do not think this season is over. All it takes, as you say, is a five game run and, and we're in there comfortably. As discussed in the last episode we did, I'm not convinced we have the squad capable of doing that. But all it takes is a is a Manny Egbo style signing and away we go. And and if only we'd signed someone who our current manager had managed at youth level to quite some success and had then been without a club for a confusingly long period of time. <laughs> no pressure on George McEachran. So predictions, what are you giving me? Um two one Sutton. Oh, I'm going. I'm going one-one. Nice and on the fence. Yeah, well, it's going to. That means we're going to win two-one now. Um, given how I've been trying to get that result over the line. Yeah, I, I, I think purely what we've been discussing. You know, the mood is so like wobbly and shaky at the moment, and not too great. A bit down on Swindon at the moment. I, I, I think it will be a unlikely. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. Maybe even a win, but I'm going to go one-one because of the way the last two <laughs> the last two games have gone. But yeah, two-one would be grim. Here's hoping Swindon do something. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.